Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. This is Lorenzo and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon. And I want to pass along to you part of a conversation that we had during a live salon the other day. It's about NFTs, which have been making a lot of news lately. Non-fungible tokens. Now before I play this recording, I want to make it clear that I am not recommending that anyone begin investing their savings in digital art. And that's what some of the NFTs are. It's something like a digital baseball card. The main difference between an NFT and a regular digital file, as far as I can tell, is that NFTs are like baseball cards that have been signed by either the person on the card or the artist or musician who created it. This is uh, really very simplistic, but it's the metaphor that I use to uh, first start getting my head around this concept. And uh, to be honest, I still don't fully understand why people are willing to pay thousands of dollars for a signed copy of a digital file. However, after our conversation in the salon the other night, and then after spending more time looking into NFTs a little deeper, I still don't intend to buy any of them, but uh, however, I do intend to begin creating them. And that's why I'm podcasting this conversation. It's to suggest to some of our fellow saloners that maybe this is a way for you to make a little bit of extra money for your creations. So now, here is our conversation about NFTs. But uh, uh, tonight, I thought, you know, I, I, I know that uh, I, I, I said the topic is uh, NFTs, non-fungible uh, tokens. And, uh, you know, that uh, actually leads directly into what I think is a way to uh, have some psychedelic expression of the arts. And, and uh, it's, it's sort of a weird thing. I, I have to go back in the salon and look and see when I first started talking about Bitcoin. But when I was first tell- talking about Bitcoin in the salon, uh, Bitcoin was selling for around 20 or $30 per Bitcoin. And today it's selling for $50,000 a Bitcoin. So uh, my hunch paid off. I'm sorry I didn't uh, really follow it as closely as I should. But all of the Bitcoin that was donated to me during those years, I still have. So I'm, I'm uh, happy to have held it. Uh, the the uh, thing though about NFTs, it's it's a blockchain technology. It makes <coughs> very little sense, uh, except for the fact that uh, and and you know I've been noticing them for over a year now or a couple of years, and and I just thought you know that's that's really privileged. You know each uh, each one of these things is essentially think of a digitized baseball card. And let's say a limited edition baseball card, they had only 10, 10 copies of it. And for some reason, people wanted that, even though it's digital. And I got to thinking, you know, that's not going anywhere. And that's the same way we all thought about Bitcoin 11 years ago. <laughs> and, and then Mark Cuban, who is the billionaire guy that owns the Dallas Mavericks, uh, he sold uh one of his little, it's called an NFT, a non-fungible token for a thousand dollars. And then the, the guy that started Twitter sold a copy of the first tweet. Now this is the first tweet that was ever issued on Twitter. There's gotta be a, a hundred thousand copies of it on, on drives around the world. 
but there's only one that's registered by the person that gave it, and he registered it in the Ethereum blockchain as an NFT. And so it's a certified copy of the original one made by the guy that did it. And, and he put it up there for sale, and the proceeds are going to charity, and the current bid is $2.5 million for that digital file. Which charity? We all have copies of already. Pardon me? Which charity? Oh, I, I haven't been interested enough to follow through. Maybe it's well, a whole that, package that, of them. That, I, I understand what you're saying there, and I don't want to interrupt your monologue, but I will just say that if it's rich guys wagging their appendages around, the charity often matters. No, uh, no, because- no, let's, let's get off of that. That's what got my attention. That's not what it's all about. Let, let me give you an example of what can be done with this technology. And I'll tell you what. Uh, if you listen to my podcast in the early days of Bitcoin, I think you'll hear some of my projections are, are coming true today. And I have a gut feeling about this stuff that a number of other people have a gut feeling about it. By the way, does anybody here own an NFT? I own yeah. quite, a, quite a bit. Who is this? I don't see. This is Chris, Lorenzo. It's the first time I've been on in months. How's it been? Oh, okay. Okay, so you can tell us a little bit about the motivation behind buying an, an NFT perhaps, but let, let me, I guess I should finish talking about them first and then we'll let you yeah, please uh, go. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Come in. And, and cause I'm very new to this, you know, like I say, I've been kind of off and on looking at it and seeing that something was going on. And at first I thought it was sort of like, uh, you know, those, uh, a friend of mine back, you know, 20 some years ago was after, uh, he had young kids and there was some kind of a, a doll that had a funny, belly or something. I don't know. He collected all those things. I thought, you know, these collectibles, you know, are, are, you know, I don't understand it, but there's, there's another part of it. And the other part of it is people who are creating these things. And this is going to revolutionize, believe me, it's going to revolutionize both the music and the art industries that in music already that uh, this this one musician called uh, Blow, I think it is, 3BLO or something like that, Blow, uh, Blue. Anyhow, he had an album he released in 2017. He re-released it recently, and I'm talking about months ago, as a NFT, and he has now brought in over $11 million doing this. Now, there's a lot of things going on here, and, and uh, here is the beauty of an NFT if you're a musician. If you put your music out as an NFT, let's say I I created a song and it was an original song. I put it up there and I said, I'm selling it for $10 a copy. Or maybe his whole album, $10 a copy. I put it up there as an NFT and I made a limited number. Well, the beauty of this is that, that when you sell something, you get a commission, of course, but you also get a royalty when they sell it forward. So let's say you create a piece of art that sells for $100, but five years from now you're a famous artist, and that art is changing hands, uh, and it's into $10,000, but you're getting 10% or 20 or 30%, whatever you set, on every time it's sold. That's how these artists are, are, are disintermediating the record companies and starting to sell their, their, their music directly to the public. Now, an artist, now think about this. Let's say... Let's say I own a piece of Alex Gray's art that is worth $100,000. 
Now, I could maybe find some, and I needed the money. So maybe I could find somebody to buy that for me. But instead, if I broke that piece of art into a hundred pieces, and I sold a hundred copies for a hundred dollars a piece, well, what good is a little one hundredth of a piece of Alex Gray art? But the way these things work, if you own one piece, you have access to the entire piece. So in your house, if you have a video monitor and your art is on there, you have that entire work of Alex Gray art that you paid $100 for. And what's more, 100 people have a copy of that art. So those are some of the things that are going on. And I know that, that most of us are, are old guys that are going to say, oh, screw digital art. But of course, Bill Gates has had nothing but digital art in his house for over 20 years in high-def uh, monitors because he bought all these originals that he didn't want hanging around. So they're in vaults. And there are museums now who are putting in entire room installations of digital art. Now, why would somebody buy a copy of something that, that there's like the first tweet that came out? There's, there's got to be a million copies of that. Why does somebody want the original certified copy of that? Well, because they're collectors and collectors collect things and there's a market for them. So may, maybe this might be a good time. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Chris, you can talk a little bit yeah. about why. How, how this market has become viable. Well, so, I mean, first off, let me give you some credit. You know, I've been deep in the trenches and arriving into this NFT moment. To hear you explain it like you did, well done, because most people fumble. And it's, it's fascinating, right? Like, first and foremost, this is one of the reasons I'm even back here on the chat. I happen to see that this was tonight's topic. And, like, I've been now – balls deep in these markets for the last six months and I've witnessed over the last two months NFTs emerge like a rocket ship. And it's been fascinating for even me to accept uh, what this can mean in the long term coming from crypto because like for instance, I'll answer first, right? Why do I own some? Well, I happen to have you know, did okay in crypto recently and it's like I'm still limited in what I can spend my crypto on especially if I don't want to cash out and make it a taxable event and make it a, turn it into capital gains. Right. So like I'm sitting here like, Oh, that sounds nice. And then to things like top shot NBA top shot, which I loaded up on as an investment last summer. Now I got NBA players foaming in. I did well. So I'm like, let me see what we got here. Right. And then I got into this space and I started to see beyond what I was like, well, listen, I know there's probably money laundering here and it's, you know, Ponzi-nomics at play and there's a bunch of that, but it's crypto. Okay. So what I started to see, like you were saying, Lorenzo, was the real artists who looked at this and said, oh, I can own my masters outright. I can just like you were saying, I was describing to someone the other day, it's not just the individual artist. Imagine, you know, say uh, an album like Thriller, right? If it was tokenized and it was made as an NFT and you happen to be able to have every artist credited on that album, a part of in the governance token of that album, you, they'd be able to add infinitum every time, like you were saying, it was sold, also make money. And we don't have to have, you know, famous bass players or some of the best backing singers end up homeless on the street. And it started to really teach me what the revolution could be here you know, I'm coming from music, so that's a huge deal, right? And it's already starting to pick up. You know, I was having a discussion with a buddy the other day. The first artist that really gets it and makes it their strategy, and they're not just toying around with it. You know, Kings of Leon released an album, I think, yesterday or the day before as an NFT. Um, I mean someone who's going to grow up and emerge, right? 
as this NFT is blowing up, I think they have a huge opportunity to get this across. Um, because once again, going back to when I got into the space and seeing what's possible, when you start talking about VR, AR, I have Terrence McKenna in my head, right? And here I am now myself trying to build a VR art gallery of some of the best pieces that I find for myself. This is, I think that they're dope. Right. I'm, I got an Oculus in the mail now because I started, there's this platform that came out where I can just, I don't even have to move my NFTs. I can attach my wallet address and it builds this VR room. And it's, it's making me so excited now for crypto because I see this as my adoption point. I see NFTs being the secret sauce we've been missing for people to get what crypto is and can be. Um, it's, it is what you make it right. Make an NFT. Right? I've minted a few myself just to go through with it. Um, so, you know, to, and to, let me get off my bully pulpit. Number one, I'd love to answer any questions if I can, that anyone has about any of this stuff. Um, as well as I'm so happy to be back here on this moment because I'm, I'd even love to give out some NFTs to you guys. I've got more than enough. I want to show like it's evolving the value proposition. It's really, oh, well, why is it worth that? I mean, I say the same thing when I look at sports cards and stuff, right? But a lot of people spend a lot of money on that. So at first, it was an investment strategy for me. Now, I'm in it for the culture. And uh, it just, it's exciting to see that there's an innovation like this coming. When I was getting a little weary about the waters the last two months here, and NFTs came like a diamond in the rough. So, yeah, I'll shut up for a second. <laughs> Chris, Chris, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yes. go ahead, Charles. So um, what is the relationship with scarcity in these objects? Because if you're talking about musicians or artists <clears throat> producing, um, let's just stick with musicians, musicians producing an album, you want mm -hmm. that to reach as many people as possible. So is scarcity required in this, or can you indefinitely issue infinite copies of a particular body of creative work and uh, still maintain a market? Or is the market the fact that it's a scarce good? So, I mean, again, this is where it gets into the nuts and bolts of crypto. So I could say, well, in theory, anything's possible because it could depend on the blockchain you choose to launch on. What tokens are you minting? You know, is it, a, do you want it to be limited or is it a large album release? Guess what? No one's done it yet, right? So you're asking a question that I, we don't even really have an answer to yet because there's only few artists who are sitting there minting singles, right? Now, what's, um, what they did with the, um, Kings of Leon album, how they did it like this, and this is what they do for some of the NFT auctions, is they, they make it scarce by saying, okay, it's an open edition. So instead of there being a one-of-one one piece or five pieces that there's a silent auction on, they'll leave the auction open for five minutes, and however many people buy or mint the token, within those five minutes is how many there will be, right? And then obviously that varies on your market, you know, are people looking at it as an investment? Are they buying you to support the artist? Are you, you know, is your first launch? Are you a band like Kings of Leon? So it's, it's a tough question to ask because, or to answer because there's plenty of answers, if you understand what I'm saying. And, and how much have they made on that so far? It's quite a bit, what, right? Uh, I haven't checked in because I know it was a 24-hour auction, which I believe ended a couple hours ago. So I don't know the final tally, but I'm, I'm sure everyone's been doing pretty well in NFTs recently. And look, I'll be honest with you guys. It's making me a little weary when I see Lindsay Lohan and Soldier Boy out here saying, how do I make NFTs? And Mark Cuban, because I love them, bringing in all this other fresh blood money because I don't want to lose what's 
really good about this right now. How I'm many really unknown people have broken through? None. Well, the only one, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Beeple, um, but he has made headway. I believe two weeks ago he had an auction and a piece go for $6.6 million. Um, so he has been the biggest one that has used NFTs as his platform to really hit mainstream, at least in my world. Right, he's a big name within crypto and and sort of this this space. Was that's he already a big name? No, he was not. That's what I'm saying. People don't invest in brands that they don't know anything about. So somebody has to somebody has to break out of this. And the only thing that I heard that I really 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 like is that when a piece of art changes hands, the artist gets a royalty. Now I don't know if the artist's estate gets a royalty or whatever. But this has been a big deal in the art world because um, a lot of pop art, well, a lot of art period, but particularly pop art in New York in the 60s, guys were, you know, they were doing these big paintings and they were using them to pay their rent. And then uh, uh, they turn around 10 years later and somebody's getting $5 million for it. And they're like, well, where's my piece? And well, law doesn't work like that. And uh, so that's why I'm curious to see what's actually written down on paper and how much of this stuff actually really changes hands. Yeah, and so, Lorenzo, like, man, you've got my mind flying, and maybe we'll talk offline about some of these ideas, but I see that you're seeing what's possible with this. And for you to interject the salon into this space, man, it's it's entering into a whole other ballgame of what's possible in terms of influence of what you've been doing in the psychedelic salon. So I'm glad you see that vision because – there is so much to be tapped into here, man. And I see you energized about it too, which is <laughs> roughly my jimmies as well. <laughs> Here's the thing. Bitcoin is a token. If you have one Bitcoin, you have one Bitcoin token. If you put up a unique piece of art that you created, that piece of art is a token. Now, Bitcoin is a fungible token. One Bitcoin can be used the same as any other Bitcoin. But these are non-fungible tokens. NFTs, but it is the same as a Bitcoin token that people give value to. Why do people give value to Bitcoin? Well, because other people do, and they have some, they start trading it. And this is a way to trade electronic funds for people. Right now, 75% of all the Bitcoin has been held by people for over four years. They're looking for things to do. They transfer it to Ethereum or to Ether, and they can buy these things, and these things are appreciating faster than the other coins, the, the other uh, cryptocurrency. So that's the whole thing behind it. Now, I'm not suggesting that people go out and invest their life savings in these things and, and, and buy, you know, baseball cards or whatever, unless you understand what you're doing. But I do think artists, artists and musicians can create things like this and, and move their, their uh, art forward. It's a perfect example of what you're talking about, Larry, about artists getting paid as the art appreciates in the future. Uh, it solves that problem. I realize that people are going to resist it, but the young artists, this is where they're going to be going. Yeah, and I don't know if anyone's familiar with uh, this recent thing that's going on with Taylor Swift. I just was hearing a radio piece on it a couple of days ago. Not the biggest fan, but I've got no problem. But what she's done recently, because she had this huge fight over her masters that she couldn't get back, is she's going back. I wish someone told her about NFTs, because she's going back and re-recording all her albums and putting them up on all the streaming services. 
So she gets the rights and the royalties back. And so people listen to her new re-recorded versions. And like, I respect it, but I'm sitting here back like, well, you should, this is why we have NFTs now is because, and that's what's so fascinating about this. When I saw that story is I'm like, oh, that's hand in hand. No wonder NFTs are coming. It must be percolating, right? And that's what's curious about this whole thing is that's why I'm saying it's a value. It's, it's evolving the value proposition because like you were describing about Bitcoin, we agree that it's worth that and trade it. Well, with NFTs now, it's art, right? Great, there's Chris, a lot of Chris, other- Chris yeah, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to your argument about NFTs, but I think it's important to separate that the Taylor Swift dispute over the masters is about a shitty contract, not about the superiority of NFTs. And if you're, well, fair enough. And, and yeah, if you're, fair if you're an artist at the beginning of your career that wants distribution for your work, you're going to go with the contract that gets you distribution. So I'm not persuaded that a, con- a, 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 a musician without any muscle behind them doing a NFT album is going to produce the result that launches you to superstardom. Charles, I think you might have been right in the past, but I think you're, com- you're, you're off track because of the way things are working today. I, I worked with a, a, a rock band uh, – uh, back uh, seven Mary three back a long time ago. I was their their uh, <laughs> their mascot. I'd appear on stage. I was Larry the janitor, and I'd push my broom and play air broom. And these guys had they did have a number four hit called Cumbersome, and they toured for five years. They got a big record deal, and they all wound up working at Walmart because mm-hmm. the record companies take all the money. And they got jack shit. They had to tour to sell their, their records, but they had to pay all that money back. And, you know, this is a new model. And, and if you want distribution, you, you go out and get it yourself. You know, authors think if they're going to get a big publishing deal, they don't realize they still have to do the publicity and most of the money burdens on them. And these companies just are taking advantage of artists, writers, and no, musicians. No, no, no question about that. But if you want stadium tours, you, you know, uh, well, for, young, you know who, young Taylor who's Swift. Sta- who's doing a stadium tour today? Taylor Swift. Yeah, I mean, th- that's no, no, back. no. Nobody's doing Taylor. No, nobody's doing stadium tours because there's a pandemic. I, I'm telling you, by 2023, the, ta- the stadium tours are going to be back on. So, so I I'm just so. saying that if you want I access to so. economies of scale. You sign bad deals at the beginning well, of your well, career. Let me, let, That's me say, all. let me to that point, Charles. I will tell you this, okay? Because what I've watched happen over the last two and a half months, when the price of Bitcoin was starting to skyrocket, what we're dealing with again, and I'm disappointed in the developers and the teams who are still driven by greed in this space. We are dealing with scaling issues all across the space. Every exchange, everyone's on a wait list to get verified. KYC, gas fees is a ro- gas fees are rising because there's more congestion on the network. We are dealing with scaling issues. And what we're dealing with ultimately at the end of the day is people who do not want to put in the work to build the systems and the network and to solve the problems we're talking about. So I will give you that because right now I don't know if the NFT model we're speaking of ideally could scale right now, but I mm-hmm. believe that it can in the future. But I will give you that. So at this moment, that's why I thought it was interesting with King of Leon because they're not, you know, they're not to that level, but they're big enough. But I'm also like, are you guys just doing this for a buck, right? Because, look, do not get uh, it twisted. There is a bunch of that right now. I need that out of here, right? It is a bubble. It's getting a little frothy, right? I, I, I get all that. And if, if you watch America's Got Talent, what has happened to all of those people who have been so incredible on there? How many of them have gotten deals that are getting them to a stadium? One out of a 1,000? 
Yeah, this is normal. a way you know, people don't have to do stadium concerts to have a nice living being an artist. Yeah, yeah, you can be a musician with 2,000 fans on, on this model. You know, you don't have to have a stadium concert. And as long as we're trying to sell kids on getting stadium concerts, we're going to set everybody up for disappointment except one out of a million. Well, I don't, I don't think that's what I was saying, Lorenzo. I was simply just saying you have to separate the Taylor Swift example from a young person signing a bad contract. I wasn't at all pouring water on your enthusiasm. <laughs> well, see, and to that distribution model, right, it's fascinating. Let me tell you guys what I've witnessed over the last week. There's this guy who's popular on crypto Twitter who has a really good heart. I've been following him for a while. He hit well years ago, and he gives back a lot right and that's like he shows a lot there's a lot but i know he's got a good heart and recently in this next bull run he's finally been de-anonymizing himself and doing podcasts and getting out and face on all that sort of stuff so what he's been doing with this nft craze is because he has such a huge platform in crypto twitter and a lot of people follow him and listen to him and trust him he'll have on an artist who's about to do a drop the night before their drop for exposure so far, he's five out of five out of making them millionaires off of the exposure they get. And they're only selling pieces for under $1,000 in the, in the NFT space. That's actually not that much. I know it sounds like a lot. And, it, you know, I almost cried the other day because it's like these are artists who literally, like, they wouldn't know any other way. They, they are good and they're or great at what they do. And they found crypto through their own courage of doing that. And this guy's trying to give back by having his platform. And it's like almost as good as being able to have that level of distribution because he still has the eyeballs. But again, he's just some random guy on crypto Twitter. And there's a lot of, there is still sharks, right? There are a lot of sharks still. And that's where I'm trying to engage in the space because I'm not in this for the money. And I never was. And that's the problem still. And with NFTs, we have a huge opportunity to, to take this adoption to the next level by bringing, like you were saying, Lorenzo, before we got on NFTs, bringing back the creatives. Because imagine if all those starving artists didn't starve and could make more music or write more poetry or write more books or make more NFTs, digital art, whatever the case may be. I think that's going to have a difference in our culture when we're looking here starved for an answer, right? And everyone's feeling an itch about, man, we need something more. This is not working. So, that's what I think is fascinating about it at the, at the end of the day. Now, now the, the uh, other thing to, to keep in mind is what, what some people are saying about this who, you know, are people that, that know something about money. And I'm talking, of course, about Elon Musk and Mark Cuban. And they're both heavily into it. And Mark Cuban says that he, Mark Cuban is not a fan of Bitcoin. I've never understood that until now because he's in Ethereum and he's into NFTs and he's the one that started these, these uh, NFL or uh, NBA uh, (laughs) uh, NFTs that are just, you know, catching fire. And he says, he says he thinks the NFTs right now are where Bitcoin was 11 years ago. So uh, here's a guy that's a multi-billionaire that I think should at least have uh, some say in the game to uh, we should be paying attention to. Yeah, precisely. But the point the point is just, you know, people should make good faith due diligence efforts to include the the intellectual property owners. That's all. Absolutely. Because, look, I will tell you in the space, there's a lot of people who don't know the what the value of what you're saying who think, oh, let me just copy and paste the Google image and throw it up as an NFT. No, that's not how this works. And I will tell you that there's enough of people like me. Listen, 
When you're going and spending thousands of dollars on a piece of digital art, you better be doing your damn due diligence, right? And like when it comes to the counterfeit issue, it, it goes beyond just intellectual property and stuff. I actually believe in the community to where, listen, we're making sure we know you cannot counterfeit this. Where's the contract address? What, what blockchain is it minted on? We can go back and look, do blockchain analysis. Ooh, like, have you minted more? There's been so many opportunities. And I actually think, look, the, the struggle right now, and I'll tell you guys from deep within the spaces, there's still too many people who are not in this for the culture, who are not in this to try to advance what could be done. And the greed is getting in the way. And when there's a top cycle coming, like right now, when, by the way, guys, Bitcoin will get over $100,000 this year. When we start to see those price targets, I am a little bit concerned about what's going to go down in the space at large. We cannot have what happened in 2017 with the ICO craze happen with NFTs. I, I totally agree. And that's why I'm building a, a computer to try to throw my hat in the hand. Not to, I want to build a platform to help artists do this. I reached out to two artists already, young kids who I'm helping do some designs for me for my clothing, and they didn't even know about NFTs. I'm willing to get art that they want to give to me mint for free just to show them how it works for no money, just to say, guys, this is a revenue stream for you, right? And that's why I'm in it because, you're Charles, you're right. There's a lot of – there's there's it's the sharks. It's the people who don't give a fuck about what you're saying is who I'm really concerned about, right? Because we could lose that. We could lose the opportunity what I'm talking about because too many people don't say that. And like you said, they just go on there, and then that will be a problem, right? And then it's – it's a squirrely thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, Chris, I think it's the sharks, and I think it's the well-intentioned naive. You know, there, there's a, there, there's, yes. there's a really naive uh, set of attitudes about uh, copyright and trademark in the online environment, this idea that, you know, just because I've made the fan art means I own the right to distribute it. Well, you don't, and... I don't own any of the. If you make your bootleg, you know, Batman movie or whatever, and put it up on. Let me finish, Larry, please. And if you make your bootleg, you know, Warner Brothers property, and it's it's you know a minute, and it's disseminated through this, then you're setting yourself up for, um, you know, an issue whether or not you made it just because of naivety. So, Chris, I think that there, I think this is a good area. I just think that there needs to be a lot of education about what you're leaving yourself vulnerable for. Oh, that's why I'm here. That's why when I yeah. saw it was an NFT topic, I wanted to pop in. That's why I'm, I'm yeah. willing to help anyone who has questions online, offline, because I believe in this. Like Lorenzo, you were saying, and I'm so glad your mind's going where it is. When I'm, I'm opening collector's packs of William Shatner, right? And I'm sitting there saying, why don't we have a psychedelic salon pack, right? We could sit there. We could do NFTs of particular episodes. We could NFT Correct. your audio clips, bro. Like you've got, you've got years worth of content, Lorenzo, and you could tokenize all of it, dude. And you already know your mind's already going there. Revenue streams, dude. You already are in the crypto space. You're already in that one percent. And it's about to give back and to be able to promote the culture. Going back to the creative aspect, then we get to have a space. I will tell you guys, the type of psychedelic art I'm seeing is blowing my goddamn mind. It's blowing my mind. It's something that I'm like, oh, am I tripping right now? <laughs> and just to see where it's going is why I'm sitting here spending my money on it because. Number one, I love it. I'm, I love the art to begin with. I don't care if I make money on it. But I also know it's going to help incentivize the adoption and the other artists to see, oh, he sold for that for how much? And, you know, I've seen artists from third world countries go and blow up. There's a kid who's doing VR uh, freaking um, Nike shoes that are augmented reality, and he's 16 years old. And uh, it's it's that like warms my heart. You know what I mean? But you're right. And that's the naive part, right? Because then you've got 
people who don't know any better. And that's what I'm saying with the top cycle. That's where the sharks will come in and they'll take advantage of them. And again, when I'm seeing Lindsay Lohan saying, how do I mint an NFT? I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> here <Yeah>. we go. <laughs> you gotta be ready for those people. I have a technical yeah. question. So what is the DPI that one has to do for something that is going to sell and be put up on a wall? Well, you got to understand there's pixel arts right now. These things called crypto punks, which were big in the last bull run. And it's pixel art. It's like it's like sixteen by sixteen pixel art. So, but then there's four D rendered VR NFTs that are like a minute long that you can interact with. So it, it's really up to what you, the platform you want to create. Is it a video? Is it an audio file? Is it an image? What is the DPI you wanted to make it at? Is it a high res file? You know, it's it can be whatever you'd like. I, I bought a Justin Roiland NFT that was just a hand drawn photo a couple of weeks ago. Um, if I'm going to sell Larry, it, you say, Larry, you say you don't, you don't own your, your art anymore because you sold it to the publishers. Can you, recre- can no, you no, create no. new ones like Taylor Swift? Why would I do that? Um, to sell no, them. I'm saying, I'm saying that when you're talking about my videos, that is all collage. No, I'm, I'm not talking about your videos. I'm talking about your, your, your books, your, your, you know, your, your creatures that you've created. Can you create new, uh, no. New versions that are like uh, animated GIFs and things like that. You have an audience. That's the thing that you have. You have a, a huge audience. Larry's not interested in that. Um, I can, I can, I can get him. I can see the embarrassment uh, flushing on him. So I'm going to take, <laughs> take him off the hot seat there. But, but are there people that we haven't heard from tonight that have opinions? It'd be really yeah, interesting please, to hear what other folks have yeah, to say yeah. about it. <laughs> I, I, got, I got an opinion for you guys. Yeah, um, go ahead. I think it's really cool. I see both sides of the issues or all sides, everything. I'm just kind of like eating my popcorn back here, listening to you guys talk. Um, And it's uh, really good information. So thank you. And uh, I think it's kind of like, I see it from the outside, like a kind of a scheme, but a good scheme where I've always thought it would be nice if everyone could connect with hundreds to thousands of people just like Facebook or something, but they would donate or like every once in a while, give a dollar to each person that they knew. And so like having a kind of like a Patreon thing, that's what I see it as. But for artists or people who are, uh, you know, have things to sell or digital art or whatever, or music. And I think it's a really, really good thing that I think it's going to take off, but I don't, I don't think it's snake oil by, by any means. You don't think it's what? I don't think it's snake oil by any means. Mm. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's something that can blow up, but I don't know if it's going to like take over the future, but it's definitely something that's going to, going to blow up to a, to a good amount. Just like Bitcoin. Yeah, it, the people who are investing in these things are, are like Chris who have made, uh, you know, lots of money in, in cryptocurrency that, that, you know, it's kind of almost like unexpected wealth comes in sometimes. And, and you know, it's not like it's burning a hole in your pocket, but, you know, it's kind of fun to spend some of it and all. I, I'm not going to spend Bitcoin because I, and I guess the reason that I'm saving Bitcoin is because of my bad experience. I spent it before it was really worth a lot. Uh, so this is, this is a similar thing. Uh, it's like collecting baseball cards or porcelain or, ragtop dolls or whatever they were collecting at some time. 
you know, it's, it's hard to see how it, it really is going to go on, except for two things, musicians and artists. Those two groups of people have a lot to gain from this. This is a whole new distribution method, not to make you another Alex Gray or a tool, but to make you somebody that could uh, win America's Got Talent and not have to you know, make a living in lounge act as a lounge act for the rest of your life. You know, this is a way to really to build an audience. If you can build an audience of one or 2,000 people uh, who are looking forward to your next release, and, and you get ongoing things. This is the thing that Larry brought out that I think is so unfair to artists. And artists, when they're young and starving, the, the, the way they get known is, is art collectors buy art of people they think are going to become known and become famous. So they're making an investment. But the investment doesn't pay off for the artists other than, you know, in the future. But that piece of art, you know, isn't paying off. It's being sold for instead of a thousand, it's for a million now. And the artist didn't get a cut on that. So this is a way to uh, possibly change some of that. I'm not saying it's going to last forever, but uh, and I'm not saying people should put their life savings in this. But I think to, to spend $50 to uh, create one of your own pieces of this and see what happens uh, might be a worthwhile investment, just like $50 of worth of Bitcoin uh, back 11 years ago would be worth uh, you know, over 100000 today. So, you know, but you don't have a lot to lose if you want to give it a try. But on the other hand, uh, maybe we should come back here in six months and see what happens. I'm, I'm going to give it a try. I'll tell you that right now. And, and uh, Chris, I'll get together with you offline and we'll talk about some ideas I have. You obviously oh, have some. Oh, man, food. I've got – and let me just give you this, Lorenzo. Please let me give back. Let me – I'll talk to you about blockchains where we're not paying gas fees. I'll well, – let me give you that alpha so we can cut costs and really experiment, right? So if we got to make some mistakes, we don't got to worry about it. And, and, and let me point out to everybody here that, that Chris understands this. We're not talking about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or anything else. We're talking about blockchain technology that yes. is being invested in, billions of dollars being invested in by all of the financial companies. Blockchain technology is going to change the world. Now, I, here's, here's a, a, a thing that you're going to see the a uh, lot of news stories recently that Bitcoin is using up, miners are using up more energy than the country of Argentina, I think is the latest one I heard. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of pros and cons about that. But here's a here's the thing. What if we eliminated every bank in the world and every escrow agency in the world and every uh, corporate uh, company, uh, court, uh, county courthouse in the world that's registering deeds, if we got rid of all of those, how much energy would we save? Could we run the whole world's financial energy uh, networks on, on blockchain? And that's what's happening. Like it or not, blockchain technology is 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 as big as web as the web in '92. Uh, that's what's happening. So uh, pay attention to blockchain. You don't have to pay attention to crypto or NFTs, but anything to do with blockchain, you know, listen up, let your ears perk up, and look into it because. That's the new internet. Yeah, and one quick thing. The last time that I, w I wanted to bring this full circle for myself, the last time I was able to attend one of these salons, we were still kicking around how potentially Burning Man could be pulled off, right? And NFTs, I didn't know about to this level to where I'm sitting there now. Like, there are so many possibilities when you think of platforms like Burning Man to get into this space to provide, you know, tokenized tickets. There's a whole experience and, like, 
it's just interesting that even coming back here on this NFT topic, I cannot wait to be able to show you, like, I'm going to start showing links. I'm going to show you guys what's possible with this stuff to just help the narrative out because it's what matters right now is belief in this with adoption and everything. And I'm coming, I'm starting to see the forest through the trees again. This is why I'm saying I'm coming back up uh, underwater from all this because I spent a lot of time in the markets every day, 10, 12 hours a day the last couple of months. Done well enough to where I'm trying to step back and like show my wares. Like this is what we've been able to do here. And that's why I'm coming back to this space because Lorenzo, again, man, this is, I, you've been with me since I was 16, 17 years old, man. And like, this is why to see, to be here talking to you about NFTs and you're ready to start tokenizing and making collectibles, man. It's what a time to be alive. <laughs> you know, Chris, um, I, I think one of the things that might be helpful is um, as folks are, are positioning this for psychedelic communities and communities that are really interested in, in mindful uh, consumerism and, and um, sustainable consumerism is to have an understanding of who's buying this stuff. I mean, you, you said at the beginning of this, you know, mostly it's folks like you, but definitely there's some money laundering, but what can you do? It's blockchain. And I get all of that. I, but I do think it would be helpful as you're preparing your prospectuses for people to articulate who actually is spending this money? Who's the audience? And that will yes. also inform who is best suited to bring their work to this marketplace. Well, and, and the real quick point on that, I actually am working on a sort of a grand master thesis and all this. I almost right. will turn into a book at some point. But the beautiful thing about it is right now the space, even though you see all this money, is still early adopters, right? It is still people who've had crypto. But what you're going to see over the next six months, because the market has shifted, is cheap transactions, lower cost of entry. When the crypto bull run hits and you've got people who put in a couple hundred bucks or a thousand dollars and they two or three X their money, they might spend $20 on an NFT because all of a sudden the ETH just did a hard fork and now the gas fees are pennies on the dollar and you right. don't have to, you know what I mean? So like we're getting right. there. I'm trying to build the consumer. You feel me? So, but you're right. You're right. It's a great point. <laughs> That's right. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to podcast tonight's uh, the salon tonight because I think out of our whole uh, fellow salon or audience, there, there's probably a few hundred people that this would be useful information for and, and that are going to pay more attention to it. And, and uh, some of them are going to uh, maybe become famous artists, who knows, or at least build an audience for themselves. But I think it's worth looking into, particularly if you don't have any other connections right now, uh, if you're looking for a way to get a toehold on something, uh, this would be a good way to start, I think, that, uh, you know, start following the boards and, and following what people are talking about. And that's what I've been doing. And, and obviously, uh, I'll be talking with Chris now because as I put ideas together for what I want to do. Now, there's there's more to this for me than making money. As a writer, I want people to read my stuff. You know, I, I'm I'm I'm. You know, at the end of my life, I'm not going to become a multimillionaire and all like that. I want people to read my stuff. So I'm trying to think of, of clever ways that I can can make my my uh, little writing, little essays and stuff like that. Uh, more people want to read them because they're collectibles or whatever. I don't know. I'm working on ideas about that. And and I, I, I'm encouraging all writers to think about this as well because – uh, you know, there, there's a way to do, put things into audiobooks, oral things. There's, there's, uh, you can put MP3s, MP4s up to 30 megabytes, I think. And if, and even larger, you can put, uh, a link that only the person who buys it can get access to. So, uh, I have some really private things that I might want to, uh, sell access to simply because I don't want them to disappear when I die. 
you know, that, that's one of the things I'm considering is, is how do I make my digital library accessible and yet not just dump it on the public because I want to make sure it's available to people who care about it, you know? And so there, there's ways to do it. So that's one of the things I'm thinking about uh, as an old person who's a writer. Uh, young musicians, young artists, I think at least should take a look at it and, you know, check it out. doesn't cost you anything to check it out. Well, listen, I, I, I don't know when we'll come back and do this particular one, but we will definitely be back to talk about this again. Chris and I are going to get together offline, and uh, we'll come up with some ideas for you, and uh, we'll see what happens and keep you apprised of how we do. In the meantime, uh, some of you will be able to make it on Thursday, too, and we'll see you then. Till then, keep the old faith and stay high. And for now, this is Lorenzo signing off from Cyberdelic Space. Namaste, my friends.